Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome into the Ringer NFL show here on The Ringer. This is Jason Goff, and I'm with Ryan Shazier and James Jones. And we're going to give you a, a player's perspective uh, every Tuesday here on The Ringer. James Jones, former Packer, former Raider, and of course, Ryan Shazier, former uh, Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, by way of Ohio State, James by way of San Jose State. Fellas, uh, you can continue the introductions because I don't know how much uh, ego stroking is going to get done on this podcast going forward. So, Ryan, tell the people a little bit about yourself. James, we'll get to you, and then we'll get to uh, the week one that was in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Ryan Shazier from the Ohio State University. Oh, God. Uh, you know, and then I was at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh Man, I'm you know I'm just I'm just glad to be back on be back on the ringer, be here with James and Jason. Uh, looking looking forward to it. I thought it was gonna be the Black Ball podcast, but I forgot James got hair. So, uh, so no, so uh, yeah, that's that's me. That's me. <laughs> He's got the good genetics going on over there. But don't worry, Ryan. We we rocking it for the ball guys out here. I I actually thought you said the Black Ball podcast, which means that none of us should be on here if we've been blackballed. But we haven't <laughs> been blackballed yet. But it's only episode one. You know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. James, uh, of course, you being a former Green Bay Packer, I'm very aware of what you've done to my Chicago Bears over the, over the course of your playing career. Former uh, Oakland Raider, right? You, you yeah, weren't, Oakland. Yeah, Oakland, Oakland Raider. Let the people know uh, a little bit about yourself before we jump into week one. Yeah, man. Well, it's James Jones here, man. Hey, I'll be bald in a minute, man. I'm out here coaching these kids, so I'll probably be bald in a minute just like y'all, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but no, man. Yeah, you you had it right, man. Ain't no ain't no need to pump in all type of crazy stuff, man. Play for the Packers, play for the Raiders, man. Ready to get down, talk some football, talk some life, man. With y'all, man, have some fun. Bring people into the locker room, you know, and, and let's turn them up, man, and have this show cracking. But yeah, man, we got to come up with a fresh name too, though. So hopefully, as we continue continue to go, we keep cracking jokes on each other. We'll come up with something crazy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's up to AR. You know, it's up to AR about which what we name this thing. And of course, our guy Isaiah Blakely uh, is is uh, behind the keys doing the production 
for this pod. All right, we can jump right into it. Monday Night Football. We actually talked about it in our pre-show yesterday, our pre-show meeting uh, about Monday Night Football and what has been over the last few years. There's been some duds in there. There's been some games you can kind of sleep on. Sunday Night Football obviously has turned into the main attraction uh, from a production standpoint and seemingly from a schedule scheduling standpoint for the NFL. But last night's game in Vegas uh, with the Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders, first of all, that place was cracking like they they had steve ioki they had they had uh the other buffer brother i, I forget my man's name what, what's the what's the not michael buffer bruce, but his brother bruce. who yeah bruce buffer i'm not a you know i don't I, i'm not a big martial a mixed martial arts guy a ufc guy so uh i know his 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 saying is it's time and man he was about to bust out that jacket when he was introducing the game and you had the you had the whole stadium uh going crazy and it looks like a beautiful place to watch a game you had fans in the stands for the first time in a couple of years. So it, it was, was a lot of juice. And then the game started. And Lamar Jackson versus Derek Carr, that's a pretty highly anticipated matchup. But we saw both teams with deficiencies. And, and, and I want to start with you, Ryan, and get to you, James. Defensively, uh, you hear a lot about the defense being ahead of offenses in the early goings of the season. Uh, there, was some, there was some issues for uh, both offensive lines, actually. It was some some issues injury-wise for the Raiders' offensive line. Uh, Richie Incognito wasn't playing. The young boy, Alex Leatherwood, had a tough, tough game. And then the other side of it, you know, Villanueva, man. That was, you know, Max Crosby and, and, and Ngakwe before Ngakwe got hurt. Them boys out there doing work. I, I, is it true that the defense is ahead of the offense this early in the game? And then we'll get to what actually happened in the game last night. To me, is I think it just depending on the team, you know, because sometimes the offense I feel has the jump start uh, on the, on the season because you know they always changing up the rules and, and making it easy for the offense, now you know. Think, so now, now it's <laughs> <laughs> and, nah, but but not, but not even go with that though. But I, honestly, I feel like the offense they normally start off pretty hot, and then it, then you start seeing towards the end of the season where where some of the top defenses actually start, you know, excelling more. You know, normally the, the top offenses, they always fill in. They always kind of get into some type of groove, and it takes a little bit longer for the defense to get in the groove because, to me, I feel like that's what it is with the Steelers and and, and some of the teams I've been around. But 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 this, but this last night, it definitely looked like the defense has stepped up. You know, uh, the defense made a, a huge play on Lamar to end the game when everybody thought they sealed the deal. You know, while even the Ravens defense made a big play uh, uh, with, with the Raiders, you know. So uh, to me, the biggest problem I have with with, with teams is, is is in the red zone, man. Man, you you get you get four plays on the one yard line, yeah, and you don't give you don't give it to one of the best running backs in the NFL. You know, man, so I'm sitting here saying I'm sitting here saying the same thing, man, and uh, and I'm not just saying it because I got Josh Jacobs on my fantasy team, but I'm just saying it because, man, we in Las Vegas, the crowd is going, we trying to win the dang game, man, hand the ball off to the boy four times and go win this game, even if that's something that you got to do, man, and find a way to win. But it's crazy that you say that because I always feel that defenses are ahead of the offenses, no matter who you got as your quarterback. I don't care if you got Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I always feel like every time we open the season, I'm like, man, these be we we playing Jane. I feel like okay, we got install one, two, and three in, and I feel like the defense has got all their installs in. Y'all boys is 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 
rolling to this and rolling to that, bringing this pressure, bringing that pressure. I'm like, man, we ain't got no answers. We playing Jane early in the season. So to hear you say that you feel like the offense is, you know, have the edge is crazy because we sitting in the offensive meeting room like, man, we need to put some more plays in. Man, he's getting at us right now. We should play Jane over here. And that's why, like, early in the season, I always pick, when I'm picking games, I always pick the teams with the good defenses going up, even if it's a high-powered offense, because I'm like, man, early in the season, these defenses are going to be coming after. Now you get to week three, week four, and everything is in and in the playbook and all that, then it's a little different story. So both players have already caught pleas for their sides of the ball. So now we can move on to some other things because Ryan Shazier and James Jones already don't agree on who starts the season with an edge. I like the way this thing is going. By the way, we'll be joining you every Tuesday for the entire NFL season right here on the Ringer NFL feed. All right, let's talk about the game. Um, raggedy, but entertaining. I'll say that. Um, you talk about the pre-snap penalties. I was at nine offensive penalties for John Gruden coach team every time. And, and by the way, shout out to the director of that game broadcast because every time in the second half there was a penalty, we got the John Gruden shot that we were looking for in terms of him <laughs> grimacing. Or I, I love the end of the game too, by the way. John Gruden just threw the damn headsets. Like, you know what? Get me up out of here so I can go yell at these boys for the rest of this week. Um, yeah, OT game. Uh, the turnovers, the turnovers. Lamar Jackson had a couple of fumbles, and he and he talked about it post game. Uh, Ryan, Lamar Jackson, he, he's he's immersed in his contract situation. Said he's only worried about the season right now. He's trying. Don't smile. <laughs> don't you smile? Because we talked about it in the pre show, and you're gonna have to give up the goods here. Um, I thought he I thought he looked okay in, in a pocket that was steadily collapsing on him, and also. You know, Mark Andrews and some of those other boys had to help out on that right side with, with Alejandro Villanueva and the deficiencies that he had going up against Max Crosby. Um, Hollywood Brown turned in a, a terrific second-half performance. Sammy Watkins made a few plays. Lamar Jackson was, I won't say scrambling for his life, but there was a couple of times that that pocket was uncomfortable. How do you think he played in week one of this NFL season? So I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm not the highest person on Lamar. And the, and the reason I say that is because you know, when I when I look at quarterbacks, I hold them to a really high standard. You know, when especially obviously he won an MVP and, and this and that, but when I when I think of best quarterbacks in the league, I just feel like, hey, they can carry the team. And sometimes it's it's all everybody has different ways of doing that. So I feel like Lamar did a good job of playing yesterday, but it, it, he did a better job of throwing than I feel like we've seen him in in, in the past. And that's one thing that I need to continue to see him do. But he has to do a better job of, of taking care of the ball. You know, I understand that you want to run and, 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 and he can run and he can get away from people. But sometimes you got to understand, like, hey, this situation, I might need a slide. I understand you could juke the whole team. But, hey, but hey, you you juking the whole team gonna, might lose us a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, you trying to make this – you trying to make this – you trying to break a tackle every play might lose us a game and – and to me, that's why like I kind of get frustrated with Lamar sometimes because I feel like he has all the talent, and you know some teams are st stopping respecting him as much as a passer. And we've seen it this we've seen it last night that sometimes the Ravens will be like, "Oh, we're gonna sit back." And Lamar did throw well, and you we and that's what I wanted to see. But sometimes he got to understand like, "Hey, let me just let me let me just press this uh, double X button and, and slide real quick," you know, because. 
you, you know, every play don't have to be a big play. And I know James was taught that on offense. Every play don't have to be a big play. Five yards is a great game. You know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like every time Lamar want to make five into 25, you know? Yeah. Yeah. James, w- w- last night, did the did the Las Vegas Raiders kind of snatch that thing or did the Ravens um, choke it away? Because I'll say this. It was, there was a lot of times where, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it was there was some cover one coverages that I was like, okay, you got one high safety, you manning up across the board. I mean, Derek Carr, even on the the, the Brian Edwards uh, not to be touchdown, and and as Ryan mentioned, you got four four chances inside the five, you don't get it, and you know you don't give it to Josh Jacobs. But it was there was some. If you don't trust your jam, if you can get off that jam, you got somebody wide open, and that's what happened with Brian Edwards down the, down the stretch of that game. Do you think the Ravens? Um, gave up that game, or do you think the Raiders took it? You know what? It's crazy because I heard Raggedy in the minute, and you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last time I heard Raggedy, I was a little kid. My mom was like, "Boy, you looking Raggedy walking out this house? Come here, let me." <laughs> and that's exactly but, you know, how that I game think was. It was a little bit of both, and I think it was. I think it was week one of the National Football League, and and Rise Ryan knows when you play play this game early in the season. Crazy stuff like this happens. You're going to have the penalties. You're going to have the turnovers. You know, the teams that can overcome that and find ways to to get through that is, is going to win the ball games. But that's what happened last night. The Ravens came out. They went up 14-0. You know, they had the Raiders exactly where they wanted them. And the Raiders defense stepped up and got a couple turnovers. And that's all we've been saying, even going back to last year. Like, you got this big, high-powered offense with the Las Vegas Raiders. Right. But last year, I think it was something that uh, John Gruden and Derek Carr was talking about. They didn't start a drive in the, the enemy's territory all season. They was going 80 <laughs> yards, 70 yards long all season and still putting up 30 a game. And all we kept saying was, man, if this defense could get a couple turnovers, they ain't got to be a top 10 defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if they could just get a couple takeaways a game here and there, be a middle of the pack defense. This team is going to find ways to win games. And last night when I was watching the game, I'm like, man, is this going to be the same old Raiders? Lamar Jackson about to just go down the field. They're going to kick a field goal, win the dang game. You know what I mean? And in overtime, that defense buckled down, man, got another turnover, man, from Lamar Jackson and, and got the job done. So I think it was a little bit of both. I think the, I think the, the Ravens made some mistakes to get a game up, but – when you look at it, I feel like the Raiders play very good, man, on the defensive side of the ball, man, to create them turnovers and get the ball back today, back to their offense and found a way to win a game, which the Raiders don't necessarily do. They find ways to lose games. Yesterday, they found a way to win a game, man. And, you know, I know them walking off the field, man, that confidence that's in the locker room, they probably feel like they could beat everybody, the Steelers, the Chiefs, whoever it may be. You know, coming off the field, I know Ryan looking like not the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, Did you yeah. See the Steelers? <laughs> hey, we gonna we gonna find out this week. The Raiders, they should be feeling really good about themselves, man. But to Ryan's point, I want to go back to Ryan's point about Lamar Jackson because everybody always gets on me when I say this too. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I want to see Tom Brady over Lamar Jackson. If I'm a defensive coordinator, because I don't want to deal with all the putting in these packages to go with the runs and all this and try to stop him with all that. He's more he's just he's more electric than Tom Brady. But if I'm a receiver, I don't want to play with him. (laughs) (laughs) And not saying not saying he can't throw, but I'm just saying when he drops back and it gets a little ugly, 
he's out of there. We seen him make some phenomenal throws last night to Sammy Watkins and, and Hollywood Brown and, and this and that. But if he sees anybody around his feet, he don't want to step up in the pocket and make a throw. And as a receiver, you need a quarterback that's going to step up in the pocket, make a throw, stand in there. Even if he gets outside the pocket, he's still looking down the field ready to throw. Lamar Jackson is ready to run. So I always say if I'm a D coordinator, I don't want to lose sleep trying to figure out how to stop Lamar with his read option and these, you know, all these, all these run plays. And then I got to drop back. I got perfect coverage. And then he comes out of there and gets 20. I don't want to have to deal with that. I'd rather deal with a quarterback, put a, put a plan together of a quarterback that's going to stand in the pocket. But if I'm a receiver, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to play with Lamar. I, I mean, I ain't saying I'm a stats guy. I know they say receivers is all about their stats, but I ain't going to get my stats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that I, I'm not going to say that I'm a stats guy, but I ain't going to get my stats. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you can be both. I need my numbers, man. I need my numbers. <laughs> you can, hey, let, uh, cover cover Roddy White for a little bit. It was a different world for him from M Michael Vick to Matt Ryan, right? Like, you know, a lot of tight ends love those running quarterbacks because that sometimes your security blanket is just sitting right there in front of you. Uh, it, it seems as if a wide receiver would love that traditional drop-back quarterback. Uh, speaking of Lamar, when I asked both of you guys, with as much – the NFL is a hierarchy quarterback's most important person in the building whether he's great whether he's average below average he's gonna he's gonna lead you the way that you're eventually going to go um and what a quarterback's responsibilities are throughout the season uh knowing having to know not just the playbook but pretty much everybody forming relationships with everybody in the building and being kind of like the you know the, the the cfo of of the team financially now you also in lamar jackson's situation have to be immersed in your own contract negotiations and not just negotiations, but you're talking about one of the biggest deals, maybe in NFL history that you have to be immersed in. Um, I heard a long time ago, you, you hire agents to, to make sure you don't hear how much your employer doesn't like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you fighting, like you, you send your agent in there with the hatchet and say, Hey, come out with blood. Having to hear how your employer feels about you or what they want to pay you or what they think your market value is, along with being the quarterback of an NFL team that has high expectations like the Baltimore Ravens do. What do you think is going on in terms of not just the daily, but the weekly for Lamar Jackson and what's weighing heavy? Because I know people can say, all right, I'm not thinking about it and all that. that that's BS, man. You, you're thinking about your future, especially, especially in a game where one play, whether it be in practice or on the field, you know, during a regular season, a playoff game can change the, the direction of your career. What do you think is going on right now with Lamar Jackson and the responsibility and the heavy weight that's on his shoulders, not just being a quarterback, but also being involved in his own contract negotiations? To me, I feel like I, I, I wanted to focus on football, you know, and that's why I had got an agent, you know, and everybody a little different. Everybody handled their, their business different. But I, I wanted my agent to be able to hear those talks Oh, Ryan don't do this right well. Uh, Ryan don't do that well. You know, Lamar about to go in there and they're going to be like, hey, man, Lamar, we understand you want an MVP. Like, his, his, to be honest, that's the only thing keeping Lamar really in the conversation for top quarterback in the league. I mean, you that's know, like. That's a big like, thing, though, Ryan. That's a big uh, thing. An MVP. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That's, that's major. That's major. That is. But, like, for instance, like, they can go to him like, hey, you haven't been top 10, top 20 in passing. You know what I'm saying? And and if, if we can we can pay you off of your production, but your production is running the ball. So we, we could pay you like a we could pay you like a running back. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying he's a running back, but I'm saying, right. but at the end of the day, you know, they can start looking at like what he provides and what he don't provide to the team. When it comes to passing touchdowns and things like that, Lamar's not up there when it comes to quarterbacks. And and then you got to start looking at turnover. Like they start adding all that stuff when it comes to contract negotiations. And he does have that MVP. So, hey, I need, I need, not Mahomes, but I need, you know, Dak money. Dak don't got none of that. You know, I need, I need Josh Allen money. But then, but Josh Allen, they, they offense is potent, you know, so, but then people would say the same thing about the Ravens, but they offense is potent, but it's just like potently just running the ball down your throat, you know, so it's, so it's, it's not like, you, you're not scared, as a defense, you're scared of Lamar, like James said, because of all the athletic ability he has, but the difference between Kyler and Lamar is Kyler can run like Lamar, but Kyler is still going to throw that thing. And and that's the difference between him and Lamar. Is Lamar don't have a lot of 300, 300 yard games. He he might have a, one here or there, but you, that's not something that you expecting. Kyler can do that to you on a regular basis. Josh can do that to you on a regular basis, and they can they can beat you with their legs or their arms. And then especially because teams are doing this now with with dual threat quarterbacks, I think that's going to hurt him when it comes to the contract negotiations because. People like, hey, you got the MVP, but in the MVP year, you, they had their champion, they chance to win a championship. I don't think the Ravens will win a championship no more. I think their window is closed. Me personally, mm, I think okay. they, I think they have a solid team, but I think their window is closed. But and especially when Lamar get his contract, is that because when you start to pay the quarterback, then certain pieces of the team start to slip away in terms of who you can pay under the salary cap and all those other things, or are you saying that? That there's a certain cap to Lamar Jackson's career, and we no, no, seen... no, no. I, I feel like Lamar is going to get like he's 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 getting better constantly at throwing. Like he's getting better at throwing the ball. You know, he's not at you know Tom Brady level or nothing like that, but he's getting better. But when you start paying the quarterback, it's a lot harder to start paying all these other guys fifteen million on your team, twenty million on your team because because the quarterback's taking up most of that money. You know, they paid everybody early, but now who Lamar going to throw it to? You know, not now who going to be, like, Marlon Humphrey got, like, they paid all these guys first because they need Marlon Humphrey. They need Ronnie Stanley. They need, you know, but, like, like but think of all the other D linemen. Like, Calais Campbell probably ain't, ain't going to be back next year. You know, right. Brandon Williams probably won't be back next year. You know, Marcus Peters, I don't know what their contract situation looks like, you know. So, like, once you pay that, that big 40-piece, 30 piece to somebody, man, that, that's taking 20, 15, 10, 10 million a year is good money. That's a good player. You know, you're taking all that from somebody, you know? So that, and that's why I say, I think that if they don't win this year, I think their window gone. Yeah, the NFL blueprint is if you draft a quarterback and he is a star or a burgeoning star, Make sure you win in that first four or five years because when you have to pay him, that's when, you know, it's the Russell Wilson formula, right? Like, Russell Wilson is one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the game, but when it was time to pay him, you saw the Cam Chancellors and the Richard Sherman start to slip away and some of those defensively, the Cliff Averills of the world start to go elsewhere. So you got to win in those first four or five years, and then when, you when you've won, hopefully you've won, and then you pay the guy, now the guy has to, you know, transcend and, and, and make up for the deficiencies maybe around the team because of his large cap number. Nowadays, it's a little different. 
You know what I mean? Because you got these quarterbacks that whether you want a Super Bowl or not, but just the deals are getting bigger, yeah. you know, years wide. So you see the Josh Allen taking these six-year deals. You see the Patrick Mahomes taking these 10-year deals. So you're able to spread out their money and still keep guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and those guys around. So, you know, my thing is, is I really got an agent for the small print stuff. You know what I mean? I didn't go to school to, to go into all this contract stuff, so right. I wasn't confident. Now, Lamar Jackson is truly blessed. He's truly blessed because he's, he knows he's going to get the bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? And beyond what anybody says, kind of like Dak was, the situation Dak was, everybody's like, he's not Tom, he's not Aaron, he's not Matthew Stafford, and these dudes, how he want as much money as him? It's not about him being him. He's the next man up. Uh, yeah, right. And as you know, if you yeah. and your numbers look like the next best linebacker in the National Football League, and they like, well, shoot, Ryan might not be as good as Bobby Wagner and all this. Hey. I'm next up. But I'm the next man up. <laughs> and I'm balling. And the price keeps going up for the linebackers at my position, and it's my time. So Lamar Jackson, he's seen – I ain't saying he's going to get Pat money. But he's seen Josh Allen's contract. He's seen these dudes' contracts. I want my money to be like that. I don't care how many years y'all give me. But I'm the next man up. I'm going to get it. But the small print stuff, you know what I mean? When you start talking about the injuries, when you start talking about roster bonuses and all this stuff, you know, he don't really know all the ins and outs of Josh Allen's contract. He don't really know all the ins and outs of Aaron Rodgers' contract. That's what agents know. You know what I'm saying? And that's why you get a lot of these, hey, we not showing up because this was in Josh Allen's contract. Y'all ain't trying to put it in our contract. You know what? We're not signing this deal. Does Lamar Jackson know all that? I hope he does. It's not about the money. We'll see across the ticker very soon. Hey, Lamar Jackson, $250 million, you know, but does he know the small print stuff? You know, he's he going to get the money. So I don't necessarily think he's worried about getting injured and worried about the contract and all that because the money's going to be there. Just like if we on this pod and we talking this pod and we like, man, whatever I say on here, my check going to be in there. So, <laughs> so I ain't really worried about what I'm talking about tomorrow, man. I'm going to go out here and play ball. I'm not really worried about what I'm going to say. But yeah. as long as you know the small print stuff, man. But I, I, it's crazy you say the window's closing, man. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah that was hey, Ryan. Ryan got that AFC North hate in his heart. No, it ain't no, it ain't no hate. It ain't no hate. I'm just saying, hey man, hey, it is what it is, hey. Hey, that's hey, that because, AFC hey, North hate. That's hey, that. No, that's no, what no, that no, is. Because this, because this is what I'm saying. I feel like everybody in the AFC, every every team is getting better, but everybody in the AFC, AFC is getting better. Like the Chiefs, they're top dog. Obviously, Chiefs top dog right now. But the Browns, they getting better. The Bills are better. You know, the Steelers, we always gonna be in the mix because we just have good defense. Our offense be up, up in the air. You know, we don't know what we're gonna do. Like, you know, <laughs> but our defense, <laughs> we but our defense like coach, but Coach Tom is a defensive coach. He's gonna make sure, hey, I'm gonna make sure I'm in this game by defense. Like, I'm gonna be in every game by defense. And there's other teams that's getting better. Like, obviously the Colts, they 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 didn't play well this week, but I feel like they're gonna be good with Carson Wentz. You know, so I feel and like the, charge, the, teams the are, charges might be coming too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the charges as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? And in Denver, they got defense, you know? I'm just saying. Don't they got do defense. it. Yeah. See, man, <laughs> they got see, defense. They, you know what? Ryan got to the point where he was naming too many damn teams. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm with Ryan. He was going to get to the Jets. But Oakland, Oakland, they got. 
But Oakland, they got defense now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, hey, you know, they ain't got defense. They got turnovers. They got turnovers. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? But this, this but I feel like that's going to be, you know, that's going to be, like, if, if if more teams are getting better, that means other teams are getting worse. You know, so. I also I think the Ravens, I mean, you you, you brought it up, right, about the uh, the run-heavy offense. In the last two, three years, they've led the league in, in rush, rushing yards per game. It was like a buck 92 or something crazy like that. Obviously, when Lamar breaks contain, he's going to get you 50, 60 yards a game. Uh, and, and their running game has been suitable over the last few years with Mark Ingram and all the other boys. But now this year, your top three backs get hurt. In the, in, the, in the preseason. So now you got to count on guys who haven't been with the program or guys off the practice. And shout out to uh, Tyson Williams last night, who I yeah. thought probably should have got Play the ball well. a little bit more. But as, uh, as, as James Jones uh, put so articulately and as Fat Joe once said, the price yesterday is not the price today. And, and it, seems, <laughs> it seems like no matter what happens, uh, Lamar Jackson, because you can't replace a talent like that with another Lamar Jackson readily, right? right? So right, right. once that guy is in position and it's his time to roll, uh, you, you go from there. Speaking of a guy being in position and, and it's time to roll, James, um, what's up with your, your your Packers and your boy Aaron Rodgers? You ain't, you ain't <laughs> think we was going to get more than 10, 15 minutes into this joint without me asking you. Um, that, was a, that was a whooping. That was a, that was a head whooping by the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Jameis Winston out there not turning the ball over, five touchdowns for a buck 50, buck 48, whatever it was. Um, three throws and two interceptions in those throws. And, and, and we never see that out of Aaron Rodgers. So is it just week one shenanigans? If this would have happened in week 12, we wouldn't be talking about it. What, what do you see happening in Green Bay right now, especially with Aaron Rodgers? First of all, I want to start off with Jameis Winston going out there balling because I've been, even when Jameis was in Tampa throwing these interceptions, when he came to New Orleans, I was always on the TV saying, Jameis Winston is a $100 million quarterback. I've been, I've been saying that. The skills that he has, he's a $100 million quarterback. They didn't take him in the first round for nothing. Jameis Winston could throw the ball with the best of them. It's just the stupid plays at the wrong times that make that, that takes everybody away from Jameis. Jameis went out there and he played like a hundred million dollar man, but I didn't want him to play like a hundred million dollar man against the Packers. I wanted him to do that a long time ago, man. Not <laughs> start right now, week one. But listen, Ryan knows. I mean, I know he went to Ohio State. They didn't take too many L's. I went to San Jose State. I, I was a part of a lot of L's. But <laughs> Ryan has been beat up too. Sometimes you just come out in a game and you just get beat up. And Ryan, you look into your buddy next to you like, we weak today, bro. <laughs> we, ain't doing, <laughs> we ain't doing nothing out here, bro. Nothing. You just have those type games. Yes, it's not Aaron Rodgers to go out here and throw. Like those two interceptions that I seen him throw, that's not him. You know, I'm, I'm watching him and I'm like, hey, that's not 12. But I've been in games like that with Aaron, not with him turning the ball over, but I've been in games like that to where Nothing is going right, man. We just get beat up and nothing was going right nowhere. Beyond him turning the football over, these dudes is running routes and ain't nobody near him to cover up. I mean, they 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 running routes in the red zone. I'm like, man, the way I'm seeing them run routes in the red zone, I'm like, man, let me go get my cleats, man, and get to this field, man, and start training because I, I could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? These dudes, they ain't getting off no, they just running wide open. So I'm like, man, where's the defense? It was just one of those games. They ran into the Saints. I don't even 
to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they had my mindset because I was going into the game watching the TV like, man, they could have beat these boys by 30. You yep. know what I mean? Like, Jameis Winston is here. They still trying to get their little mojo going. How they going to be? Is it going to be a two-quarterback system? You know, I'm like, shoot, the Packers is, you know, in Super Bowl contention on paper. I'm like, man, they finna 1-0. We finna beat these boys up. So, obviously, they took on my mentality and went out there. And the Saints was like, hold up. <laughs> we still got defense like Ryan said, too. We finna come get this quarterback. And that's what they did, man. They put pressure on 12 all game long. 12 made some bad decisions. We weren't able to get the run game going, our Devontae going. And like I said, on defense, man, I mean, dudes are still open. <laughs> they, still, <laughs> they still open right now. You know what I mean? If the game was still going, if it was in quadruple overtime, man, they still open. You know, so they, the Packers got some stuff to fix up, man, because, I mean, obviously, you know, shoot, being a good football team, Ryan knows every single week, you're going to get everybody's best shot. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's times you turn on the tape and you're like, oh, yeah, we finna, we finna beat up on the Bears, beat up on the Lions. They don't even play hard. And then you get out here on the field against you and you're like, man, these boys diving all over the place. They talk, <laughs> <laughs> they playing hard. Like, well, we didn't see this on film. But, hey, you know, man, if you're that team, they, they coming after you. The Packers need to know that, man. You go get everybody's best punch. And they wasn't ready. They wasn't ready. Yeah. No, nah, facts, yeah. facts. First, 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 JJ, I'm gonna have to let you know. I I never got beat that bad before at a hard state <laughs> out of Steelers. <laughs> first, I'm gonna have to right, start we, off with that. We're gonna have I'm to have at, AR look up the game logs and see if and, there was and, ever uh, he, a th- Hey, you gonna look at the game logs. I promise you, you're gonna look at from Ohio State from 20 from 2012 to, to, to this point. I have never lost that bad. We gotta go back to high school or something, huh? For you. No, was, well, I, I I got I got one. It was a preseason game versus the Bills, but it was preseason, and it was you know. So I, hey, after, after that first quarter, I was like, hey yo, like I was looking at my teammate. I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm like, yo, this the worst I ever lost. I'm like, luckily I ain't playing no more. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, but it was crazy though. No, nah, but no, nah, but y'all lost to the funniest quarterback in the NFL by far because Jameis is hilarious. And but but the 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 thing that is crazy to me is that, like you said, Aaron doesn't normally show that, man. Like, like he had, like, them two throws he threw. I'm like, the first one, I'm like, all right. You know, he had pressure. You know, I'm thinking, like, all right, he trying to force it. Dude jumped it. Then, and then you know, they come out. It's like right after right after the uh, kickoff, the boom, they run, they run the ball. <laughs> Dude, that man just punt the ball. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh, hold up. I was looking at my wife. She's like, man, is he doing this on purpose? I'm like, nah, Michelle. I'm like, nah, he ain't doing that on purpose. I don't, I'm just, it's like, he just having a bad day to day or something. But nah, but the, the Saints did step up. The Saints stepped up. I'm happy for Jameis. And then it, I, I'm, I think it's pretty cool to see that he has a coach in the system that's kind of built around, like, to help, help him succeed. Because everybody liked to use Jameis, you know, uh, abilities. And thought it was was best because Jameis got a big arm, so he's like, "Hey, let's throw Jameis. Let's throw like." Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we checked the tape. Hey, that's, we checked the that's tape 20, on your ass. Twenty fourteen, week two at Baltimore. Steelers, <laughs> Steelers lose. By the way, thank you, Ar. Steelers lose twenty six to six. Ryan has six tackles. You know, he he was he made a few stops or something, but that ain't that ain't thirty five though. That ain't thirty five. 
That's that's the, they lost thirty. They, that was thirty eight to three. Yeah, Come yeah, on, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to let you know that you've been on the other side of some no, ass no, no, too. No, no, I, I lost bad before, but I never been twenty one. Twenty, but never twenty one. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. We've been quarterback heavy. We've been quarterback yeah, heavy yeah. so far on this pod. I want to ask you guys about, uh, shout out to Jameis, by the way. Like you said, Jameis Winston, you want to see a dude kind of do the reclamation project of his career. This is the number one, not just a first-round pick, like like J.J. said, but yeah, that's the first pick overall in the draft. So uh, him getting his mojo back, uh, he had the eye surgery, he had the LASIK, you know, he, he went to charm school, he talking different, like things look like they're looking up for Jameis Winston. But the young quarterbacks around the league, we saw Trevor Lawrence, you know, we saw Mac Jones, we saw Zach Wilson, we saw a little bit of Trey Lance, and we saw a very, very little bit of Justin Fields. And I'm here in Chicago, and we got the Full Go podcast uh, that comes out Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursday nights right here on The Ringer, uh, posted by me. Um, I was very upset. I was very upset. I went on a 42-minute rant that I thought was 12 minutes uh, to start off the first show. And the only reason I was upset, fellas, is because I didn't see anything that Andy Dalton did in that game that J Justin Fields couldn't have done in that game. So... James, I want to start with you on this, and Rye, you can pick it up after that. Starting a rookie quarterback, I'm hearing a lot of caping by former GMs, former player personnel guys, former scouts about why Justin Fields ain't in the game. But I'm not hearing this about Trevor Lawrence, not hearing this about Zach Wilson, not hearing this about Mac Jones. And it ain't like, you know, shout out to... Shout out to all the schools in the SWAC or something like that, because back in the day, it used to be, you know, Steve McNair, Alcorn State. He's got to sit a little bit. You know, he hadn't seen these kinds of schemes and all this other stuff. And then Steve McNair, you know, God rest his soul, went on to have himself a great career sitting on the bench. The Patrick Mahomes uh, argument. Nick Wright from Fox Sports has made the argument like, hey, stop bringing up Patrick Mahomes because he should have been starting halfway through the season. And that's the reason why they lost that playoff game later on in his first year. Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, like I mentioned, Mac Jones. What's the difference between them and why aren't people saying, well, these guys shouldn't be starting because they're not behind great offensive lines, but Justin Fields can be talked about in this manner. Uh, the, the, the rookie quarterback, when is it time? When is it not time? I know it's case by case, James, and especially with the Justin Fields situation when you got a guy like Andy Dalton who's shown you. He's a, he's, a, he's a quantifiable entity, if I could put it like that. They put it in the best terms possible. You know what Andy Dalton is. So what, what's going on there when rookie quarterbacks step into the league and who's ready to start, who's not ready to start, that kind of vibe? I could, I could, I could tell this is getting under your skin. Man, <laughs> hey, 
hey, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm already mad about the podcast I got to tape today on, on the full go because I'm going to talk about it again because now it's the defense's problem. Now it's on the defense so we can get off the offensive-minded Matt Nagy whose team has scored less points per game every year since he's been the head coach of the Bears. The reason why you're so frustrated and Bears fans are so frustrated, number one, you've been looking for a quarterback for the last 25 years. 40. <laughs> number two, he is in the building right now. And number three, there is no difference between Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, uh, these boys that's in the game right now than Justin Fields. Justin Fields might be the best one. And, it, and it's really crazy to me because at the end of the day, when you play these games, what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is to win the dang game. The best quarterback in your team is on the bench because you're telling me he a rookie? No. He needs to be in the football game because he makes your team better. He showed you that in preseason, and everybody can tell me, oh, he's going up against the twos, the threes, the, all that. Well, all these quarterbacks are going up against the twos and the threes and all that. But what he showed us is that he can win games for your team, and he makes your offense more dynamic. Justin, everybody says the Bears' O-line is trash. Why you want to put him out there? Well, if my O-line trash, I want a dude that can move. I want a dude that can get outside of this pocket and make some plays. Buy some more time for Allen Robinson and those boys. Make defensive coordinators kind of kind of play him like they play Lamar Jackson. You got to leave an extra spy in there on Justin Fields. That's going to help the pass game. It is no extra spy in there or nothing like that on Andy Dalton. And we know what Andy Dalton brings. Andy Dalton brings eight games a year. Know what eight games a year gets you? Fired. Everybody going to be fired and Justin Fields going to be winning games for some other coach, you know? So Justin Fields needs to enter into the game. He makes them that more explosive. And I'm going to share a story before I let Ryan, Ryan get at it. But Derek Carr's rookie year, we traded for Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub was a veteran. Matt Schaub coming from Atlanta. He, he making $10 million a year. Every single time Dennis Allen came in the team meeting, he said, Matt Schaub is our quarterback. <laughs> We would go to the practice field and Derek Carr be throwing these slants, these beelines, these, these comebacks, and he's slanging the ball all over the field. And as offensive players, we like, oh, my goodness, this dude is special. You know what I'm saying? So then coach would come in there the next day and say, Matt Schaub is the starter. He's our guy. Then we played one preseason game. Derek Carr goes out there. He's slanging the ball all over the yard. Coach come in the next day. Matt Schaub is our quarterback. And now you got the defense looking, Ryan. Now you got the defense like, hold up now. <laughs> I seen this young boy out here spinning this thing way better than Matt Schaub, and we trying to win. Now what y'all want to have us on the plays for 80 plays a game? Oh, we need to put the young boy. So then you start getting that talk at practice. Like, man, why is Matt Schaub still in the game, man? Derek Carr is special. They drafted him high. Put the young boy in the game. Let him go get his growing pains and all this type stuff. Let him... Let him have his ups and downs. That's fine. But what we've seen from him, this young dude is special, right? Then our final preseason game, we play in the Seahawks. Derek Carr throw three touchdowns in the first half. And I'll never forget, Charles Woodson went over to coach, and he said, you keep on saying this Matt Schaub stuff. If you, you want if you want Matt Schaub to be your starter, you better take that young boy out the game right now. <laughs> because this young boy's out here spinning it, and you you finna have problems on your hands. After that preseason game, the next day after the final cuts and all that, we came in the team meeting and coach said, this is the hardest decision I had to make. 
you know, had the conversation with Matt Shaw, you know, he took it hard, but he's going to be in support of Derek Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> and every, I promise you, everybody in the room said, <sighs> because we knew what the young boy, what the young boy brought. I promise you right now. And Khalil Mack was in that locker room. I promise you right now, that's what the Bears are thinking. Like, man, we got this young boy that we see every day in practice. And I was at a couple of the Bears practice. He looked better than, than, than Andy Dalton. We got this young boy that gives us a better chance to win. And he's sitting over here on the bench because whatever egos or whatever these, these coaches and GMs is trying to do, put that young boy out there and let's go play. Everybody 0-1, you still got a chance. Everybody in first still in the, in the NFC North. Everybody 0-1. So you still got a chance to go out here and make some noise, man. Put the young boy in the game before it's too late. And I hate when people say, well, let's wait three or four weeks. For what? So you're going to wait till you 0-4, 1-3 or whatever to be like, all right, Andy Dalton ain't, ain't, ain't the problem. I mean, Andy Dalton ain't doing his job. We knew that start of the season. You know, and now you're going to put the young boy out there 1-3? Come on now. Come on now. Hey, James. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, James. Me- uh, what, what, was your rec- what was your record that year? Oh, see, now you're going to bring that up. <laughs> I will say this. We was, we was raggedy. <laughs> we, was, we was raggedy, you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't because of Derek Carr, man. It, it, we was raggedy because of people <laughs> people around Derek Carr, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, so we, we have a good roster, man. I love all my people. We should have a good roster. We, I got the feeling. I got the feeling that anytime there is a dissenting point of view from a man Ryan Shazier <laughs> over here, he's just gonna ask what your record was because he because he played for the organization that he played for. I I feel like by episode three or four, James is gonna be done with the <laughs> how many losses did you take conversation that Ryan leads every damn question or answer no, with. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. Hey, no, but no, but I I, I see where you're coming from. Honestly. I think I, I I've been thinking Justin should have started the whole way through. Like I, one thing I don't like is how people you know comparing Andy Dalton to you know Matt Schaub though. And the reason I say that is because Andy Dalton he almost won the MVP one year if he didn't get hurt. You know he he led the Bengals to a really good season one year and then but he got hurt. But uh, but I, I still don't feel like he's better than Justin Fields. But I didn't I don't think Justin should have started versus the Rams who were the number one defense in the NFL last year. And the reason I say that is because I feel like you want to get his feet wet and you don't want to drown him. And I feel like if you would have played him versus the Rams, it kind of would have been drowning to him because he already going, they already don't, like their team is all right, but they're not like what, what they need to be. You know, and then and then now you're going to throw him in there with the best defense in the league. You got Jalen Ramsey all over the field. You got uh, Aaron Donald all over the field. They got the best D lineman and the best secondary player in the in, in the in the NFL. So when it when it comes to that, it's kind of hard. I, I feel like it would be like throwing them off guard. I feel like this week, I feel like if you have Justin playing, it, I think he'll be all right because he's not gonna have that type of pressure. And then in the back end, he doesn't have somebody that can just completely cover the whole field in Jalen Ramsey or disrupt the whole game in Jalen Ramsey. So I think I feel like it was a obviously. I think Matt Nagy, I don't know what they're going to do this week, but I feel like Justin should play a lot more or start. I don't like how they're doing this dual threat quarterback thing. Like, that. that's stupid to me. 
Like, I mean, not dual threat, but dual quarterback thing. This ain't college. Don't put Justin in to run quarterback, quarterback reads. Like he, he, like Justin is a a passer. Like he, you know, he's he's not a runner. Like he runs because he has to. He doesn't run because he wants to. You know, but at the end of the day, he he can run. He run a four four. He can run. You know, but I feel I feel I feel Justin just as good or better than all the quarterbacks. Uh, it, it was crazy to me how everybody was like. I feel like Trevor's gonna be good, but everybody like, yeah, Trevor's the next gift to gift to football. This man never lost a game, and da 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 da. He lost his first game in his career this week versus probably the worst team in the NFL. Then he lost, and then he threw three picks in his first game, probably to the worst team in the NFL. You know, so it's just like if, if you're doing that versus the worst team in the NFL, man, what is this season about to look like? You know, I can't I can't wait till Justin Fields is allowed to throw three interceptions in a game. I can't wait. I'm a, I'm a cheer for each one because get him out. There. Andrew Luck threw three interceptions in his first game. Peyton Manning threw three interceptions in his first game. Ryan, I I just I know you and you make a good point with the Rams point. I understand that, but at at, at what point? Because now you got you're down to your fourth tackle, right? Offensive line ain't getting no healthier as you as the season no, goes along. No, no, I understand that. So like, but but the thing is, who do, who did the Bears play this week, Jason? They got the Cincinnati Bengals, Ryan. All right, Cincinnati Bengals. All right, so they have a good D-line, but their D-line is not the Rams. You know, they're not the Rams. Their secondary is good, but Jesse Bates ain't Jalen Ramsey. You know, you know they DBs all right. So it's like, hey, Cincinnati, it's, they can, it's a soft, you know, it's a, he, he can, you know, work his way up. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can get his feet wet. Get he can gain a bunch of confidence this week if he if he if he play. I'm not I'm not saying that he's gonna go out there and shred Cincinnati. I'm not saying that. But I feel like he can gain more confidence this week than trying to throw bubble screens to you know Mooney and have Bird blocking and Jalen Ramsey just blow up the whole play. You know what I'm saying? Like he be like, damn, all right, that that don't work. But he could do it versus the Bengals and it might. You know, so I feel like he, I feel like if. This week and you know later on, it'll be a little bit better for them to work his way into the season. Oh, I always think outside the box. And when we seen Justin Fields come in the game, the very first play they thought he was going to run it, he ran that fake read option, threw a little out route, got about seven, eight yards in the red zone. The next play he was in, he kept it, he scored a touchdown. Ryan, as you know, dude, you don't prepare for. <laughs> and they enter into that game. It takes you about three quarters to be like, what in the world is going on, man? These no, no, right. So I felt like, man, everybody said don't put him out there, but they don't know what Justin Fields is going to look like. They no, don't right. know what plan Matt Nagy could put together for him. It could be a Lamar Jackson game plan. It could be a stand-in-the-pocket game plan because that's the type of quarterback Justin Fields is. So I'm like, if you bring him out there and he running these read options, and he getting outside the pocket making these throws. Number one, that's going to slow down that pass rush and Aaron Donald because they're like, okay, shoot. Number two, that's going to mess up the defensive coordinator. All right, we got to switch this up. We prepare for Andy Dalton to stand in his pocket and come get him and have these dudes out here to be ready to jump on routes because we know Andy Dalton ain't taking these shots down the field. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like if they would have came and gave it, even if you don't start them, gave him some drives, some series, just to keep them boys off balance and let him go to work, it would have caught the Rams off guard. It would have slowed that passers down. It would have helped that old line. That's that's just my opinion. 
because the unscattered looks you're not ready for. That's why he had those explosive plays when he was in the game. And and no, to you're right, you're right. and to uh and to wrap up this uh going back to our Packers Saints situation, our guy uh, AR threw up here. Uh, 2016, week three at Philly, Steelers lost. They lost the the Battle of Pennsylvania. Uh, oh yeah, that was a bad game. That was a bad there, game. Y'all, no, 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 don't, no, no, don't worry, don't worry. We 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 know. Uh, Thirty-four to three was the score, and uh, apparently Ryan maybe I did play. Maybe, I did play. Oh, you played? Okay, so yeah, Ryan played, had yeah, yeah. Ryan had two tackles in a game that. The, the the Eagles scored 34 points. So there was multiple opportunities to get ball carriers <laughs> down, uh, but he did it twice in that game. Uh, and shout out to Pro Football Reference for having all the game logs right on tap for us. So he didn't get beat by 35, but he got taxed for 31. <laughs> so <laughs> And I guarantee he was on the sideline. I guarantee he was on the sideline like, bro, what are we doing, man? We look raggedy out here. <laughs> Hey, no, that's that, the that game was bad. That, that, that must be that, that must be the Pee Wee's Playhouse word of the day, raggedy, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <laughs> we all have the days, man. It's on to the next week. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. The next topic for us, Cam. Uh, Cam Newton is uh, without job right now. And he sat down with Cecil Newton, uh, his pops at Westlake High School, sat down at the 50-yard line, did a sit-down, um, and talked about his experience with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Don't know how much of this you guys got a chance to catch, but my first blush is, is it good for him? Is it bad for him? You know, in this, in this portion of his career, if you're still trying to get back in the game. And, and I don't believe Cam is going to go this year without getting back on a team because there's going to be injuries to that quarterback position around the league. And he's still enough of a weapon, I think, to, to be on an NFL roster. But James, do you think it helped his cause? Do you think him talking about some of the ins and outs of what went into the decision-making, some of the conversations that he had with one of the more secretive teams in the NFL and the New England Patriots, do you think that sit-down with Pops helped to hurt Cam Newton's cause, not only with fans around the league, but also with NFL teams looking to uh, to acquire his services. Well, see, so I'm always a guy that looks at it as, you don't say no funny stuff or cause any controversy until you have a job. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, just, that's just me. You know, like like I tell people all the time, you know, I, t- I, t- I tell the kids all the time because they, they on beast mode. You know why I'm here and all that. They see, I said, number one, 
Beast mode one like that is rookie year. Beast mode one like that is second. Beast mode earned that. He earned the right to talk crazy like that because he was that valuable to the team. You young fellas is not that valuable to the team. You can't be out here talking crazy like that. All right, wait till you start making some big time money, some big time plays. Then talk crazy like that if you want to. I can't stop you. But for Cam, you are trying to get on a football team. You are trying to continue to still play. You said you do not want to retire. Don't be out here doing these interviews, talking that funny business until you have the number one on your back that say Newton, whatever uniform you wearing, and then talk your junk, man. So that's what I got out of the interview. I'm like, man, why are you even doing this right now? And yes, it's good TV. It's good for people to hear relationship with Belichick and all that. Dang, dang, that's what happened. This what happened. But man, wait until you get on the team because we all know how, how this is right now, man. We all know all these owners is on the same page. All these head coaches is buddies and all that type stuff, you know. So once the word gets around, man, Cam doing this, doing that, because I thought he handled himself the perfect Patriot way when he was in New England. He never was in the papers for nothing crazy. He never said, came in in any interviews and said anything crazy. He did everything right, you know. So to get released and then to come out and have this interview, I just feel like it's the wrong time. Like, Cam, you could have waited until you was on a team and then you could have sat down with Pops, had this interview and all that while you were on the team and had a job. That's just my two cents in there. With me, first, it's, first it was crazy because I was like, man, me and my dad don't talk like that. First. <laughs> first. <laughs> hey, hey, no, it's but- a different, It's but, a different dynamic in the Shazier family, huh? Yeah, it's a different dynamic, you know. Uh, it, it's nothing wrong with it. I think it's pretty cool how they got a buddy-buddy relationship like that. But and me and my dad don't, don't chop it up like that. But, like, I'm with you, James, man. When it comes to trying to get a job, trying to find a job, man, my dad always taught me, man, try to have your bag as clean as possible. You know, when you have, when you're taking out the garbage, you don't want no, you don't want no baggage. You don't want no nothing to, you know, cause any distraction, anything for people not to want to have you, you know, and why, why would somebody, you know, I'm not, why would somebody not want to go with a young guy that has no baggage and they can develop, then go with an old, older guy, you know, you already know what he about and, you know, he might bring extra baggage with the media and this and that and, and just, and talking and, and like you said, everybody's buddy, buddy. So to me, you know, I, I always like to stay below Stay, keep my head down until I could, until I could pop my head up, you know? So, uh, honestly, you know, everybody gonna do what they want to do, but in my my personal preference, I would I just would have chilled, too. All right, so we, we mentioned Pat Mahomes when we were talking about some of the young quarterbacks and who got in and who didn't get in. We saw Pat Mahomes do Pat Mahomes things uh, against those Cleveland Browns, those uh, celebrated Cleveland Browns over the last couple of years. And, and Ryan, you are familiar with the Cleveland Browns after being in AFC North for your years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns seem to be making that turn. Baker Mayfield has kind of, you know, changed, not changed his image, but people are talking less about the other stuff and talking more about Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. He looked phenomenal in the first half of that game. And then the end of the game, you know, there's some throws that weren't made. And then the punter, it does what the punter did. I mean, the Browns kind of Browns themselves in week one of a season where, 
Uh, everybody's looking at them as maybe one of these dark horse picks for, to come out of the AFC, them and the Bills and some other teams out there in that same echelon uh, trying to challenge the Chiefs. And you get that Mac matchup week one. And I believe the broadcaster was like, uh, you know, maybe we'll see this for the AFC championship game. How do you feel about this Browns team coming into this season and what you saw in week one? I'm going to be honest. At the beginning of the season, I had, you know, I'm a diehard stiller. I had the Browns, you know, the winning division. You know, hmm. I had the Browns win division. I, I said the Steelers going to be second, and then probably the Ravens will be third. Or It's going to be like them three going to mess around. You know, I think all three of them make the playoffs, honestly. Uh, but the thing is with the Browns, they, I just feel like they're just super hyped up. Everybody wants the Browns to be so good. And I don't know if everybody wants them to be so good, but they have all these name brands, all these name brand guys, you know, all these – Oh, household names. Oh, they got Clowney. They got Miles Garrett. They got Kareem Hunt. And Odell. To me, Odell. You know, and Jarvis Landry and uh, and Hooper. And they got they got all all the pieces. But at halftime, they did they 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 they, they was the monsters. Them boys went in the halftime. Hey, we yeah we got this da 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 da. da. Hey, <laughs> they failed to realize. At halftime, Kansas City always taking that secret juice, and they, they turn up. Hey, the Browns did the Browns, like you said, man. Like, that's that's the one thing they're going to have to realize how to win. Like, the one thing with a lot of good teams, the Packers, when, when they're playing well, you know, and I'm not trying to take any shots. When the Steelers, when they're playing well, you know, even the Ravens. In the second half, it's time to turn up. Defense lock up, you know, it's like, hey, we are, it's, it's time to win. Like, it's certain teams, it's like, hey, we good. We we got a lead. Is some teams is like, hey man, like we thriving. And the Chiefs tell, show you they thrive through adversity. The uh, the the uh, Tampa Bay they thrive through that. So like, hey, we might be down for a little bit. Hey, don't worry. We we know how to win. Like what Bruce Arians said, hey, we got to play better. But my team know how to win. We gonna win games. And and the thing is that the 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 Browns always in the back of their head like, hey, we need to win this. The, the Steelers and the, the the Tampa Bay and Green Bay is like, hey, we know how to win this. Let's go win this. You know, and, and I feel like they have too much of let's not lose it and instead of let's go, let's go win it. You know, and, and I feel like when they when they figure out how to win it and and actually push through adversity and it and uh because once they lose the momentum, a lot of times the Browns don't know how to get it back. Like from now until like they said the Browns haven't won a game in the opening game of the season since Instagram was out. <laughs> like Instagram wasn't even invented the first since since the Browns won the opening the opening uh, opener in the NFL. That's 17 years in a row. That's crazy. That like you got to win one. You know. So th th all I'm saying is they got to figure out a way to. Hey man, we got to win these games, and and I don't think they they figured it out. They they just so scared of losing games. James, you high on the Browns this year? You're exactly right, Ryan, because that's the same thing I was saying about the Raiders. I'm like, man, same old Raiders we about to see. You know, they yeah. got this game up. They went out there and made some plays. That's exactly what I felt about the Browns. The Browns had that game won. You, you're up by nine. You give up an 80-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill. You've been playing good defense all day, letting them nickel and dime you down the field. You give up a bomb. Okay, that's fine. Then you come out, Nick Chubb fumble. Then you come out, you muff a punch. And then you come out, and I don't know if Baker was trying to throw it away, whatever he was doing, but then you throw an interception. I don't know what he was trying to do. I ain't in the locker room. Got to ask him <laughs> at some other time. 
That games, those games right there, if you know how to win, you win those games easy. The Chiefs coming out of halftime, they know how to win. They've been in games like this before and came out on top. So the confidence is there, you know, on that sideline. Like, don't trip. We good. We got Pat back here. We got Rig. We got Kelsey. We're going to find a way to win this game. Defense going to make a play. But if the Browns knew how to win, that's a game that they win easy. It's, it's, a, perfect, it's a perfect teacher for the Browns because you're going up against arguably the best team in the NFL, and you had them on the rope. You really had them on the ropes the last two times you played them. But you came out of there with two L's because you did not finish the game, you know. So the Browns got to learn. I took out of that game that the Browns, number one, is going to be problems, you know. And I agree with you, Ryan. They're probably going to win this division. They are going to be problems. They are that talented on both sides of the ball. Once they figure it out and find a way to win these close games and not make those stupid mistakes, they're going to be a problem to mess with, man. And this is a, this is a game that truly let people know that they're not ready to win just yet. You know what I mean? They still have some work to do of finding ways to win games and making the plays when the plays need to be made. The Chiefs did that. They didn't. But once they get it and once they learn and know how to win, the Browns are going to be problems. All right. As we uh, wrap this thing on up, and it's been it's been fun listening to you two fellas chop it up on week one in the NFL. Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment in week one of the NFL. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it kicked off. Uh, biggest disappointment for me was Tennessee Titans' performance. Um, There's a team, along with the Browns and along with uh, who else were we talking about? The Buffalo Bills. You know, who's going to challenge in the AFC? Who's going to meet that Chiefs team if if they're healthy in that AFC championship? And the Tennessee Titans was a real sexy pick for a lot of people. And I'm not saying, you know, week one overreactions happen. I do it as a fan and observer. But when you get Julio Jones and you pair him with A.J. Brown and Derek, you know, King Henry is out there and Ryan Tannehill, who people had as like a sneaky MVP pick. If you look at Ryan Tannehill's time in Tennessee, he putting up some numbers with, with quarterbacks who are respected around the league. And for them to just get punched in the mouth continuously in that game, I was like, oh, damn, like this. I'm not, I'm not saying the Titans going to go 5-12 and 12 or nothing like that, but that was um, – that was eye-opening. That was eye-opening. So I got them as my biggest disappointment in, the, in, in week one. And my, my biggest surprise in week one, and I don't know how much of a surprise it should be, but, you know, the Chargers and Justin Herbert, to, to go on the road and to face a team in Washington who say what you want about that offense, but that defense is ready. That defense is here. You know, Chase Young is going to mess around in this year or next year and start to challenge for defensive player of the year type accolades because Chase Young is just a freak, right? And, of course, he comes from The Ohio State University, so I'm sure Ryan is very happy about that mention. But Justin Herbert, three, first down, uh, three third down conversions on that final drive to, to, to give them that 2016 win. I remember when he came out of Oregon, people were like, you know, he's got all the tools, but there's some mistakes here and there. And I'm sitting there like – can he sling it? And can, does he have the anticipation and the accuracy? And in that, in that fourth quarter, those third down conversions, I shouldn't be surprised because we saw it a lot last year, but that Chargers team might be a little bit more ahead than I think most people think they are. So my biggest disappointment would have been the Tennessee Titans in the week, week one and biggest surprise, I would say, or teams that's trending in a way that I like 
is that 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 uh that LA Charger squad. Ryan, what'd you see in this first week, whether it be player or team, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment? So my biggest disappointment was uh like the lack of uh ball security. Um a lot of big time players cost their team the game. Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. Lamar Jackson, like all them fumbling the ball, big big time fumbles, overtime. You know those guys. You don't expect them to lose the ball. That kind of that that kind of was like my biggest support, uh, disappointment. My biggest surprise was Jimmy G with the three hundred yards throwing. And the reason I said obviously he didn't have a lot of touchdowns, and you know it was a bunch of yak. But but at the end of the day, like everybody, everybody, like my one of my good friends, he hate Jimmy G. Like he hate him. Like he he wants him out of there so bad. And I'm like, man, Jimmy's not that bad, man. He like Jimmy knows how to win. And my my biggest surprise is Jimmy because he constantly like, hey, I don't care what y'all say. When I'm healthy, we win. And he went out there and won. And they almost lost, but they won. You know, so uh I think he did a good job. He didn't turn the ball over, you know, and led his team to a win. James? Y'all already know my biggest disappointment, man. <laughs> you gotta say it though. We gotta, we gotta oh, hear you. See my whole body language change, man. You already know. It's like it's like you get smacked after a game and you do an interview and they like, what happened, Ryan? You're like, man, yeah, you watched the game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We ain't do nothing right, man. It's old body language change. <laughs> so, so. That was me watching the Packers game, man. I'm just sitting here, man, like, come on now. But that was my biggest disappointment. We just wasn't ready. We didn't come ready to play, man. This is the National Football League. Man, you got to come ready to play every week. You know, we just weren't ready. The Saints, the Saints got after us, man. So that was my biggest disappointment. My my biggest my biggest surprise, or you know, was, was the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a better football team than a lot of people think. I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people this year on on how on how well this team plays. They got a, a lot of good young guys on that defense. When Joe Burrow steps on the field, this team gets more confidence. Jamar Chase dropping every single ball in the preseason, then he come out here looking like Jerry Rice in week <laughs> one, catching, catching everything, scoring touchdowns, looking like the Lamar Chase at LSU. I think this team is gonna be proud of them. This was another team that found ways to lose games. They 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 nutted up. They 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 found a way to beat the Minnesota Vikings, you know, in overtime, you know, making plays. They caused some turnovers on, on the defensive side of the ball to win that game. He talked about the Dalvin Cook fumble, but this Cincinnati Bengals team is is is, is gonna be a very good football team this year. I think they're gonna they're gonna make some noise and they're gonna they're gonna surprise a lot of people. All right, man. I think uh, I think they're gonna have us back for another episode. I think this went pretty well. I, <laughs> I think it went well. We uh, we found out that Ryan Shazier takes all of the bad losses out of his memory, and uh, we can't wait. <laughs> we can't wait to remind him. And we also found out that James Jones is still a Packer at heart, and will always be a Packer at heart. So hopefully next week. They give him something to feel a little bit better about, you know, because he had to go get some. He had to go get a couple cup of coffee uh, before the show, so we he had to get pepped up because he knew he was walking into the Lions den. Talk about the Packers getting stomped in the wine. So, and I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I'm going to be perpetually angry on this uh, on this podcast. So, for my guys, <laughs> James Jones and Ryan Shazier, I am Jason Goff. 
Uh, next up on the Ringer NFL feed is Kevin Clark talking about if the NFL defenses can catch up to the offenses on Wednesday. We'll be back, like I said, every Tuesday on the Ringer NFL feed for the entire NFL season. Also, you can check out the full go with me, Jason Goff, every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. But we all know Spotify is the gang. Thank you to production assistant Isaiah Blakely for production on this episode with additional production supervision from our guy A.R. Arjuna Ramgopal and TD St. Matthew Daniel. See, we got a cast of thousands behind this show. Hopefully everybody's proud of it. And if not, we'll come back next week and do the same thing. So for JJ, my man Ryan, I'm Jason Goff signing off. We'll talk to y'all next Tuesday.